sharing our faith and passion for the Lord Jesus Christ with others is a desire of Zion Christian Fellowship. Our prayer is that this message will have a lasting impact on your life and draw you closer to the Lord Jesus Christ. This message is not copyrighted. You are free to make copies for friends and neighbors. We only ask that you copy it in its entirety without alterations or changes. Now unto the King Eternal, Immortal, Invisible, the only wise God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. Well, praise the Lord. We have the Holy One of Israel dwelling in our midst. Let us open our hearts to hear from him this morning. Well, we do have the privilege of having brethren visiting here, uh, Brother Mark and Brother Dale, and so they will be preaching for us this morning. I believe Brother Mark has the first message, and Dale will have the second message. So we will have a children's lesson as well. But I'll just turn the time over to Brother Mark, and you can uh, bring the word to us. May the Lord bless you as you preach. Good morning, everyone. It's good to be here. Uh, it's been a while since I've been here, and uh, I've missed being here, and I'm glad to be here this morning. And I am more, more excited than my voice sounds. I should be able to put a little more effort into it. Uh, <clears throat> This morning, as we come together, I told my wife on the way to church, we're coming together. There's going to be a whole bunch of brothers and sisters here, and we're going to worship the Lord together. That's what we're going to do this morning. There's going to be some preaching. There's going to be some singing. There's going to be some things to do. We'll do. We'll pray. All those kinds of things. But I'd like us to somehow, if we can, just um, bring our minds in to realize that we are a unit here this morning. We're all worshiping God. That's what we're doing. We're here. We'll enjoy the social. Absolutely, we will. We enjoy being with people, talking with people. We'll enjoy those kind of things. But I want us to, this morning now, just bring our minds in to understand we're here to worship God. You know, we sometimes, I think, can take that a little lightly. Go back to the children of Israel back there in the the wilderness and also in the temple and all those things and all the the holiest of holies and the high priest and all those things. That's how they met with God. But today, we're as a congregation going to enter into that holiest of holies. Now, we don't have to come here to do that. I want to emphasize that too. But today, we can do that here. With reverence, we come before him. I'd like us to all bow on our knees and have a prayer together before we go further here.
Lord, you see this little congregation. You see us collectively as a body. You see us individually as souls. And you're watching. And so this morning, Lord, as we bow before you, we want to acknowledge to you with our mouths, with our minds, with our heart, that we see you as a God of all gods. There is no other God beside you. And our existence is because of you, and our dependence is upon you, and our hope is because of you. And we want to just, Father, if we could somehow, somehow worship you in the holiest of ways. We are children that have been sanctified by the blood of your Son, not by our own righteousness. We've been sanctified by the great sacrifice you've made. And this morning, Lord, we just want to feel that a little bit. To feel, maybe even a little bit understand the price that you paid. Sacrifice you made that we could enter into communion with you. Oh, Lord, thank you for the Lord Jesus. Thank you for his shed blood. Thank you for his resurrection. Thank you for his ascension and now seated there at the Father's right hand. Interceding for us. Thank you for that. Thank you for that. And may we never forget it. Everything we have is a gift from you. I pray, Father, that as we humble our hearts before you and open up our hearts before you and to you, that you would find there in those hearts fertile soil, well prepared, ready to receive the word. And if, Father, there is any little bit of Hardness or a clod here or there, or there's a little stone or a rock, or maybe there's a pathway going through there. I just pray, Lord, that you would show us what we need to do that we might prepare our soil so the seed that's planted could grow for fruit in your kingdom. We bow before you. We worship you. Hallowed be thy name. Holy, holy, holy art thou, Lord God Almighty. Sanctify this meeting this morning. Sanctify our hearts. Sanctify all the words that are spoken. Draw us closer to yourself, that our worship together, we might not only have worshipped you together, we might have been, we have strengthened that bond that's between family members like we are.
In Jesus' name, we pray, Father, because we don't have the merit, but he does. For your glory, amen. I experienced something this morning that I have experienced before, but I always am a bit scared, I guess is the right word. That's not quite the word I was thinking of. I always am a bit scared. Maybe intimidated in a way, I don't know. The thing I experienced this morning was... A peace, a peace that settled on my heart. I was up a good bit of the night last night, praying, studying. What should I say this morning? What should be said? What is the right thing to say to a congregation like this? I finally, I had written down some thoughts and, and I finally said, I'm just going to go to just go get a little sleep. And wake up in the morning and I had my alarm set. And I woke up and I felt that the Lord I guess I'll say was with me. I don't know. I am just a a man. I'm just a I consider myself a rather weak vessel. And I'm going to try to bring something to you to bring your minds to a place, to a, in a frame, in a condition, and that, that we can worship together the Lord this morning. I want to make some comments this morning concerning the happenings of the last few days. <clears throat> I want to give you some encouragement. <clears throat> We had a brothers' meeting. Thursday night, or Thursday, yeah, Thursday evening and Saturday afternoon, as you all know, that's nothing new to you. And in those brothers' meetings, we didn't solve all the problems that are that we need to solve, that we need to work through. There's there's we and that's the way it is in every church. We don't always talk about everything that needs to be talked about in all the brothers' meetings, but we didn't solve all those problems. We didn't, we didn't resolve any of the controversial issues that may be out there. <clears throat> we were together about close to six hours, us brothers, around that. <clears throat> and we really didn't make any decisions, hard and fast. As far as I can tell, it didn't change anybody on the outside at all. I look at you this morning and you look... Pretty much like you looked then. <clears throat> there wasn't any lightning bolt that came down that was just that shattered everything and it made us sit up and take notice. There wasn't any great peal of thunder that happened. <clears throat> there wasn't an earthquake. There wasn't any great wind that blew. <clears throat> 
There was no fire on the heads of the men as they were sitting here. But wait. Maybe there was. We didn't see it, but maybe there was. Maybe that fire began to burn in your hearts like it never has before. I'm not talking about some great, fantastic flame that is just everything. I'm just talking about, I'm talking about a hope. There was, I believe, in those meetings, a still, small voice speaking. I believe there was. I know there was in my heart. I saw a flicker of light gleaming in an eye. I heard a few notes of hope floating on a brother's comments. That's what I heard. I saw a little flame kindle. That's what I saw. We encourage you brothers to go home and tell your wives about our meeting. What you experienced, what you felt, what you thought happened. We encourage you brothers to go home and tell your wives. And I don't know what you went home and told your wives. I don't know how you portrayed it. I don't know what your spirit was. A lot of things, I don't know. But this one thing I'd like to say, I think I do know. I think I do know this. I think I know. I say I think because I wasn't there. I'm not there. I think there was joy in heaven last night. I think there was. <clears throat> I had a, a note from a, a brother this morning that said he was glad he could go home last night and tell his wife encouraging things. There was hope there. I, I like to think, and I don't want to desecrate God's personality or his person in any way, but I'd like to think, if I could portray it in the form of a person, that last night, and even the, the other nights, the Thursday night when we were together, I like to think the Lord sat on his chair on the throne, he, he looked down. I like to think he had his... Eyes intently on that brother's meeting. And I think there's a little furrow on his brow. I think he was just watching. He was listening. And I don't think he was distracted by anybody else or anything else. I think he was very interested in what was going on. I think as he watched that meeting... And he saw the the hearts of you brothers. 
I think he watched that meeting. He saw those hearts. I think he saw a hope spring up. And I want to say this. I don't want you to think I think it was dead. I don't think it was there. But I think he saw something, something that was burning already flame a little higher. I think that's what the Lord saw when he looked down there. And I think his brow relaxed a bit. And I think he, he breathed a little sigh and said, ah, That's good. I think that's what the Lord did. <clears throat> I think there was joy in heaven. And I think, and this is probably going too far, and you can reprimand me afterwards if I'm going too far here, but I think he turned to his angels and said, You see that? You see that? And his angels knew what he meant. I read you that parable there, that story there in Luke 15. Before we started the meeting last evening, yesterday afternoon. He talks about that that man that had a hundred sheep and he lost one and he went out and he found that one out there. He rejoiced more over that one than he did the 99 others. I think he did that last night too. I think he rejoiced more over this church as this healing process begins. And it did the 99 others. That's going good. So what I'm, what I'm envisioning, what I'm seeing is, the Lord is very pleased. The Lord is very hopeful. He's anticipating something. That's what I see. <clears throat> I think when he told his angels, he said, you see that? He said, those are my people. Those are my people. There are still some things we'll need to talk about, still some things we'll need to work through. But I believe the Lord said, I can send a blessing on those people. And I think he did. I have some scriptures I'd like to go over with you. I don't want to take too long here. Scriptures that give me and give us a picture into God's heart about what he thinks about us, what he wants to do in us. Now, I'll give you these references. You're welcome to turn to them if you'd like, but you don't need to. In John 16, verse 33, he says, Jesus says, These things have I spoken unto you, that in me ye might have peace. In the world you shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer, I've overcome the world. Don't worry about anything. Don't worry about the, 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 the tribulation of the world. There's no need to worry about that at all. I've overcome that. 
Let me give you my peace. Let me give you my peace. Isaiah 41.10 says, Fear thou not, I am with thee. And I like to think he's talking about Zion Christian Fellowship. Fear not, I am with thee. Be not dismayed, I am thy God, I am the Almighty God. I'm the one who can take you everywhere, anywhere I have power that you need, all the power you need. I am thy God. And he says, I will strengthen thee, I will help thee, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. That's what he said. That's what he said to Zion Christian Fellowship. Paul writes to the Philippians, he says, don't worry about anything. He says, be careful for nothing. Be full of care for nothing. You don't need to be care. You just don't need to care about. You don't need to be worried about anything. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto me. He says unto God. This almighty God says, almighty God says, you don't need to worry about things. You have some requests. You have some things you want to share with me. Please do that. I want you to do that. Let your requests be known unto me. I want to know what they are. You tell them. You tell me what they are. Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Amen. <clears throat> and he says, "Let your request be made known, be known, be made, excuse me, be made known unto God." And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. That's what he says. That's what he says. I don't understand it. I suppose. I don't know. I've, I'm not there. Actually, I have read a few stories that intimate this, at least, that those people over there in Ukraine, those people over there who are, their homes and their lives are destroyed. I believe that this tells me that those people over there, if they will trust in God, they can find peace. Now, that's amazing. I mean, we've never experienced, I don't know anybody's ever experienced anything like they're experiencing. We talk about it, and they can tell us about how the, I read a, a, a little article last night about the, the family that was trying to flee, trying to get out of there. Police, or somebody stopped, probably the Romans, Russian soldiers stopped them and killed them. Of course, we don't know the whole story. We see pictures of the devastation. The wreckage, the hungry people. We don't know anything about that. But I believe there's people over there who have found a peace that you can't understand. That's what God offers. And our situation is beautiful compared to that. God promises peace. Psalms, David says, I sought the Lord and he heard me and delivered me from all my fears. That's what he did. 
They looked unto him and were lightened of their faces, were not ashamed. This poor man cried, David says. And the Lord heard him and saved him out of all his troubles. The Lord heard him and saved him out of all his troubles. That's what the Bible says. The angel of the Lord campeth round about them that fear him and delivereth them. O taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusts in him. Joshua, this is God speaking. God says to Joshua, I think we can take it to ourselves. He says, have not I commanded thee? Be strong and of a good courage. Be not afraid. Neither be thou dismayed. For the Lord thy God is with thee whithersoever thou goest. Here they were. They were facing. They were facing. Entering into this promised land. And they were facing many nations. Much greater and mightier than they. They They had war machines. They had the power. They had the manpower. They had the horse. They had everything. Way more than what the children of Israel had. But God said... Be strong and of a good courage. He said, and now I'd like to say this. Those nations that those people faced, they were Zion Christian Fellowship. Those nations those people faced were nations of fear, nations of doubt, nations of unbelief, nations of sin, nations that declared they were stronger than this God. But God says to Zion, Zion Christian Fellowship, he says, be strong and of a good courage. He said, be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed, for I, the Lord thy God, am with thee to conquer all these nations. Amen? Amen. Amen. Thank you. I just have a couple more here I want to go over with you. I have more than that, but I'll, go, I'll, I'll skip over some of them. And I don't know which one to skip over. They're all good. This is one of my favorite verses in the Old Testament, at least. And you'll recognize it as soon as I start saying it, because it's a very well-known verse. He said, If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face, turn from their wicked ways. Then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their church. John Wesley said one time, I believe it was him that said, the sinner's commandment is the saint's promise. <clears throat> sinners commanded to repent and, and come to the Lord and give your heart to Him. The promise to the saint is, if I do that, He, he accepts me. <clears throat> I 
There are some stipulations. There are some requirements. There are some blessings. There are some promises. Philippians 2.3 says, Let nothing be done through strife or vain glory, but in lowliness of mind let each esteem other better than themselves. Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. That's instruction. That's instruction that God has for all of us. He says that nothing be done through um, strife, through... um, uh, can't think of the right word. <clears throat> Contention. Nothing. Nothing. But. <clears throat> or pride. But in lowliness of mind, esteem others better than yourself. Look not every man on his own things, but look on other men also on the things of others. How, how, what am I doing that can bless someone else? Or am I doing what is a blessing to someone else? That leads me to a poem I have. This poem is also instructive. It also gives us some, it's going to give us something to do. It's going to end on a little bit of a negative note. But... be good for us. We take this poem and we consider our own hearts and our lives is something that we it's 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 in essence it is the Christian life in its essence. I'll read it to you. Some of you may have heard this before I don't know. I've heard it in different forms, but this is the one I have here. They said, the master is coming to honor the town today. And none can tell at what house or home their master will choose to stay. And I thought, while my heart heart beat wildly, what if he should come to mine? How would I strive to entertain and honor the guest divine? And straight I turned to toiling. To make my house more neat, I swept and polished and garnished and decked it with blossoms sweet. I troubled for fear the master might come ere my work was done, and I hasted and worked the faster and watched the hurrying sun. But right in the midst of my duties, a woman came to the door. She had come to tell me her sorrows and my comfort and aid to implore. And I said, I cannot listen, nor help you any today. I have greater things to attend to. And the pleader turned away. 
But soon there came another, a cripple, thin, pale, and gray, and said, Oh, let me stop and rest a while in your house, I pray. I have traveled far since morning. I am hungry and faint and weak. My heart is full of misery and comfort and help I seek. And I cried, Oh, I am grieved and sorry, but I cannot help you today. I look for a great and noble guest, and the cripple went away. And the day wore onward swiftly. My task was nearly done, and a prayer was ever in my heart that the master to me might come. And I thought I would spring to meet him and serve him with utmost care. One little child stood by me with a face so sweet and fair, sweet, but with marks of teardrops. His clothes were tattered and old. A finger was bruised and bleeding, and his little bare feet were cold. And I said, I'm sorry for you. You are sorely in need of care, but I cannot stop to give it. You must hasten otherwhere. At the words, a shadow swept o'er his blue-veined brow. Someone will feed you and clothe you, dear, but I'm too busy now. Last, the day was ended, and my toil was over and done. My house was swept and garnished, and I watched in the dark, alone. Watched. But no footfall sounded. No one paused at my gate. No one entered my cottage door. I could only pray and wait. I waited till night had deepened and the master had not come. He has entered some other door, I said, and gladdened some other home. My labor had been for nothing, and I bowed my head and I wept. My heart was sore with longing. Yet in spite of it all, I slept. Then the master stood before me. His face was grave and fair. Three times today, I came to your door and craved your pity and care. Three times you sent me onward, unhelped and uncomforted. And the blessing you might have had was lost. And your chance to serve has fled. Oh, Lord, dear Lord, forgive me. How could I know it was thee? My very soul was shamed and bowed in the depths of humility. And he said, the sin is pardoned, but the blessing is lost to thee. For comforting not the least of mine, you have failed to comfort me. I give you that as a... job to do. I give that as a job to do, brothers and sisters. Take the time to serve others. It'll only bless you. It'll bless them, but it'll bless you also. Now I have one more thing. I'm going to ask something of you. For you sisters, I told the brothers yesterday afternoon in the brothers' meeting that if they were my students, I would give them an assignment.
I didn't, I didn't give them that assignment. But I'd like to give you that assignment this morning. I'm going to change my mind if I may. <clears throat> I'm going to ask a few brothers. I asked you this question. This was the assignment I gave to you or I, I mentioned to you sisters. I asked them if they would write on a piece of paper, probably better said, write an email to me, telling me what it would take to build trust in this brotherhood. I asked them, I I gave that as a suggestion. And then I said, but I'm not going to ask you to do that. Well, I'm changing my mind. I, asked, I mentioned that to Brother Dale last night. We were sitting there in the living room. and He said, well, I'll tell you what you do, Brother Mark. Do this. <clears throat> and I thought it was a good idea. You ask for, well, he said 20. I said, Dale, you're too, you're too easy on your students. He said, ask for 20 volunteers. But I'm not, I'm gonna, I told him it's too easy, and I'm going to make it a little bit harder than that. Because, you know, I found out, I taught school also for a year. I taught sixth graders, and I found out that they can do more than they think they can do. I gave them some, I, they thought, very stiff memory verses or memory poems and scriptures to, to, to uh, learn. She said, Bro, uh, she said they said, brother, what do they call me, Mr. Brubaker. They said, that's, that's so much, that's too hard. I said, well, I'll tell you what. You can tell me at the end of this week if it's too hard for you or not. But I want you to, every day, memorize this much. And they were good students. They came back at the end of that week and they had it all memorized. Okay, I only say that to say that we humans... Our mind, we use some of it, probably not all of it. So, I don't think the assignment's too hard. After you write your, your note, you tell me if it was too hard or not. After you write your note. So, if you would, he said, Brother Dale suggested, why don't you ask for 20? I'm going to ask for 25, but I'll settle for 20. Volunteers who will write me an email telling me what you think it would take to build trust in this brotherhood. We all know that has been uh, weakened. That's not a secret. So I'm going to ask for 20 volunteers. And I, I'm going to ask for the, from the brothers, if I may. That doesn't mean your wife can't help you or your daughter's. Would you be willing to write me an email in the next two weeks? I should say one week. I put it out too far there, you'll procrastinate if you're like me. In the next week, will you write me an email telling me what do you think it would take to build trust in this brotherhood? Can I ask for a raise of hands? Okay, I don't know how I'm going to remember this. I can see one, two, three. Keep your hands up. I want to see them. Three, 
four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. Did I miss anybody? If I missed, put your hand, put your hands down. If I missed you, put your hands up. Okay, I got twelve. What should I do? Okay, let's try again. Those of you who didn't raise your hands, would you be willing to write me an email stating what you think it would take to build, maybe you didn't understand my question, to build trust in the brotherhood? Those of you who didn't raise your hands. Now, can I have some more volunteers? 13, 14, 15, 16, oh, four more, 16, is that too many, 17, <laughs> this is pressure, isn't it, sorry about that, okay, I'll stop, well, thank you for that, <clears throat> but I do want to bless you, I appreciate the spirit I see here. I love you, brothers. <clears throat> Let's stand for prayer. Father, we come again standing before you in reverence, in respect, in honor. Believing the promises you've given us believing these things that you said you would be with us and you'd never forsake us and you would give us the grace, you'd give us power, you'd give us peace. We believe you in those things. We pray, Father, for your spirit to continue to be here in this dear church. Your spirit to continue to, as you look down, intently watching these individuals that you can know that they're yours. So we pray for your blessing. And Lord, in your prayer that you prayed, you, you taught the disciples how to pray. You said, May thy kingdom come and thy will be done in earth, in this earthen man, like it is in heaven. We bless you, Lord. Amen. Okay, you may be seated. <clears throat>